0: All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 485 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. Today, got... 69th blizzard can you say something or are you muted already yes
1: i i was muted there you go. Right.
0: Hello, hi everyone Hello. and uh, marcus almighty mark um Meeting. lonnie might be around we'll see if he's <laughs> able to join um what if you're joining us live, thank you as always for joining us live. You can throw your topics into the mix as well because we're going to do some more topics from the board this week. Just haven't had time of late to really put any thoughts into doing an in-depth episode. Anyone bought anything this week?
2: Yes. What? Actually, and I've, I've long awaited for mine to come in because I, <laughs> as you know, I have my stuff on Bandcamp, my own stuff, and mm-hmm. I frequent Bandcamp quite a lot. And when I released my CD version of my latest record, the the latest project, Gemini one, I discovered this band because they were in the same kind of layout where I was being shown. And I checked out their music and I thought it was really, really cool. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this band, Voyager. They're from Australia. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is their newest album. Uh, They're kind of like electronic metal. It's something that people probably wouldn't really expect me to listen to knowing my past. And you know, with the music that I listen to in general, but it's really good. I mean, it's, I, I mean, there's not, if you like melody, if you're into melodic singing and into melodic like songwriting in general, you, I think you'd like this. It's it just, if you can get past the kind of keyboard stuff that's in there, it, it's really good. I mean, it's one of those things where it's almost like candy. Once you have, once you listen to it, once you have to listen to it over and over and over and over again, it's that good.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, you sometimes make good discoveries on bandcamp or on facebook from friends who are bands i was hoping you're going to mention a doomy electric trancy um toker band spiral spiral electric you can check out on uh, bandcamp as well they've got some very cool stuff so yeah i got a, a fedex in from japan today and not Ooh. kiss related it's the new Aerosmith, ah. uh, greatest hits but this oh, one is six cds uh, comes with three live cds um it's uh two cds oh, for the live. cuts yeah two cds of cuts from all the live stuff that they had streaming uh what was it last year or earlier this year and then rock for the rising sun on the third cd hmm. um which i didn't have the video of so it's just nice to get it all as as a pack so hmm. That was really cool. Mark, you were talking about, you know, music that people would not expect you to be into. And, you know, before we get into stuff, you've got an update coming for Project Gemini, right? When's that video going to be out?
2: Uh, I'm going to probably record it either tomorrow morning or later in the day, but it'll be probably out tomorrow sometime.
0: Cool. Yeah. And Mark's music. I actually discovered that Mark, a band Mark was in a a lifetime ago the Exalted Pile Driver Mark actually played on I believe the only studio album that actually had a proper band for Pile Driver and Exalted Pile Driver uh, back in 2008 uh, but it's a it's a pro shot from the European run that you did th- in 2007 and it's it's really cool it's only four songs I want to see Mark doing the intro to Executioner again um, because I I'm sorry I'm not usually into that sort of music but um, it, it was really fun so check out the Exalted Pile Driver Live 2007 on on uh, YouTube for it and what,
2: what 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 Julian's referring to sorry to interrupt you there Julian uh was basically there's a festival that we performed in uh, as part of our European run called Keep It True it's called the festival so if you put in Keep It True and put Exalted Pile Driver it'll come up there for sure and i advise to listen to it on on headphones don't listen to it on your phone because the bass guitar the way they mix it it's, it's it's there but it's really so low like not the volume but the but the tone of it so that if you listen on headphones it sounds really awesome but on a little you know speaker on like a on a telephone you can like where's the bass you know you like listen to it like that but it's it sounds it sounds really good and uh there's also footage of us in cleveland playing before as well and stuff like that so there's other uh, Exalted pile driver stuff out there if you're interested.
0: Yeah, if you're only familiar with Mark and and his Project Gemini stuff, you know he was in other bands, um, and and this you know it's heavy. It's ve- it, I could see why people in you know Europe got into it um, a lot, and I would have thought Montreal would have been. Oh yeah popular as well for you so so again just a little bit more about mark for you to check out you still have that guitar and you use it for project gemini oh yeah yeah
1: yeah. that's Do you have the mask
2: i think i i think i might have it somewhere i have my old (laughs) costume somewhere around here too wow
0: (laughs) hey that's fun so thank you everyone for joining us Lonnie's just popped in so he he missed the aerosmith and and uh exalted pile driver talk David Donnelly says the Power Trio is back. That's a shot at me from out of nowhere.
3: <laughs> Oops.
0: <laughs> Oops. Well, well, now everything in the world is right. So this week we're going to get into some uh, future topics. You. And, you know, someone pointed yeah. out that it was the 22nd anniversary of WCW, the yeah. Demons yeah. Um, uh, debut on whatever that was. was that WCW. I, I it was.
2: was. You know, it was I, Monday I Night Nitro. I
0: videotaped it. Yeah, I videotaped yeah. it. But Lonnie, take us back to that. You know, was it cool? Was it something that you were looking forward to? And was it something thick that you thought would last longer than it did? Um, it, I had stopped watching wrestling,
3: but knowing this was coming, I started watching Nitro a couple weeks in advance, just kind of getting myself ready, so to speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, you know, it turns out it's still Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair fighting each other. And, you know, it turns out I hadn't missed much. But it uh, it was cool. I, I, I thought it was really cool when they brought him out at the very end, and it was a it was a different wrestler that first night when Kiss played, as opposed to who who it became. But I thought it was it, I thought it was cool. Um, did I think it was going to last? I didn't know. You know there was there was talk of of bringing more wrestlers in and having more <laughs> Kiss wrestlers. And I knew Mm -hmm. that wasn't going to be the case when the demon could never win a match. I'd tune in every week and he would lose every Monday night. He would never win. Ever. He he sucked. He had a short (laughs) little storyline with Vampiro. um, And then a few months later, he was just gone. Never heard from again. Mm. Um, Very short-lived. Yes. And
2: I think what Lonnie's referring to is that there was a rumor of bringing a Star Child sort of character in. And the other character, and rumor of like children of these characters as well. Remember that?
3: Or well, I think at least
2: female. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. And versions, then, and, But they were saying the females, like, and then there God would be children. Girls. You know, so it was like unbelievable what they were thinking of. It must have been Gene's idea.
0: Yeah, Probably. I stopped watching uh, wrestling when I hit puberty. Um hey. I, I, I did actually watch that, and I videoed it and. Actually, no, I didn't watch it. I videoed it. And then I remember fast forwarding there like, where, where the hell is this stuff? Come on, get to it already. You did uh, some good matches so, that night, Julian. Yeah, I think I saw that tape around here, <laughs> here somewhere. But yeah, I wasn't surprised it didn't last. But uh, again, again, it's a band that's fearless. Ken, anything to say about wrestling? The Demon?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I give up. Yeah. I give up. <laughs> watching recently i i watched it when i was a kid i remember this, this late 70s it actually um saw a little bit of stuff in the 80s but uh, that that was about it as far as
2: you I guys mean, need I, to embrace your youth, i even knew it was
1: you know? kind of goofy to me even back then you know it, was, more, it, was, it was comical to me uh more than anything else uh, it's I so
2: guess. proper for men
1: i mm. yeah i guess so yeah, mm. yeah. For, for men
0: who are still boys, um, yeah. I, I come on. I do know Brutus the Beefcake, Barber, uh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka.
2: Those are old old school guys. You know, you got you got you got to bring like Stone Cold Steve Austin,
3: Roman Reigns.
2: You know, well, all these Stone Cold old- Steve
3: Austin. That's a rip from today's headlines.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay, if you're going to go back the, the old way, but you know, there's new guys out there too now. You know, obviously, L.A. Knight. You know, you got Roman Reigns.
0: Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs>
1: wow, too much. Too much. Uh,
0: well, we got Gene Simmons' birthday tomorrow. You know, when you think about Gene, Gene's going to be 74. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you think that Gene would be getting ready to go on tour again? And apparently the uh, the AFL show in Australia has now been uh, announced that – Gene would still be out there doing it at 74. When you think about celebrating his birthday, if you were to celebrate Gene's birthday, how would you celebrate it, Mark?
2: How would I? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would celebrate Gene's birthday. He's not really my guy in the band, but, uh, you know, uh, but would I, am I surprised? Yes, because I remember him saying before that he didn't see himself Doing, I think, didn't he quote himself saying that he didn't want to be in his outfit at age seventy-three or something like that? I think he gave like an actual age where he said he didn't want to be in it at that point. But I guess when he said it, he he wasn't expecting COVID to happen and a lot of other stuff beforehand, right? So, but you know, well, what you know, what what could you do to celebrate Gene? I mean, maybe you can watch Exposed, you know, and, and tribute to him, or maybe watch that. What was that really bad movie he did with uh, Magnum PI there? <laughs> runaway, Run away? Yeah. runaway, runaway, no, runaway. Hor- horrendous movies.
0: Yeah. Sam is
1: his name. Yeah. yeah, never too young.
2: Oh. I don't even bother watching those to die. anything. With, I, anything with a cross-dressing gene is, is that's a nightmare in itself, right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, I look. He's in the same kind of age group as my parents. Yeah, um, same here. You know, and I'm lucky to still have my parents uh, around and if I was to try and think of my father getting up on stage blowing fire, (laughs) you know, he was in a jazz band in the (laughs) sixties at Oxford, you know, so it it just does not compute. So I, I, it just makes me respect him all the more. Am I going to celebrate Gene's birthday by playing asshole? Uh, No. Ken, Mm -hmm. how about you?
1: Yeah. I I may play some vault stuff tomorrow. um, And, you know, possibly it's well, maybe it's still out, but uh, yeah, I think I'll listen to that. I haven't pulled those songs out in a little while, so I think I'll check them out. I, I know I enjoy a lot of those songs on the on the vault, so I think I'll do that.
0: How do you listen to the vault these days? You just pick a random disc, or do you just throw the whole thing and hit shuffle?
1: Uh, kind of a, a mixture. I have them all mixed on a on like a iPod, um, so I can just sometimes I. Point to a disc. Sometimes I just skip along and say, "Okay, oh yeah, I want to hear this one or that one." Yeah. Sometimes right, it's random.
0: Lonnie's going to celebrate Gene by playing Revenge. I bet. Right.
3: Um, when I when I think about Gene's birthday, I always think about um, August twenty sixth in two thousand, because it was the day after Gene's birthday when he played that when they played that show in St. Louis, and it was so freaking hot out, and you can hear Paul talk about on the bootleg about how hot it is in between songs and you know obviously ace takes the top of his costume off. Um, and coincidentally it's it's just about that damn hot in St. Louis all week this week. It reminds me mm. actually of oh, yeah, that yeah. week of that week in that show. It's supposed to be like hundred degrees tomorrow. It's a hundred degrees today. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah they got it's a lot of hot pain. weather.
3: It's just wow. pain. Um and it's supposed to be that hot again tomorrow. So it really reminds me of that week when they came here in two thousand. It's that's what I always think of when I think of Jean's birthday. But what do I do to celebrate Gene's birthday? You know, I'll I'm just gonna play a lot of Kiss in general, you know? I mean Gene Gene and Paul, are the lifeblood of Kiss, so I'm just gonna play a lot of Kiss tomorrow. And you know, I I can't believe that, you know, going back to two thousand, seeing them on the Farewell tour, here we are twenty three years later and we're getting ready for another US tour this fall. So And again, I tell everybody that I'm seeing them, you know, when they come here and it really does feel final as opposed to some of the other times where you think, uh, well, you know, maybe even when they came here in 19, well, they might come back around yet one more time. Who knows how long this end of the road thing's going to go. But, um, this really does feel final. So, um, just by (laughs) celebrating, by listening to some kiss
0: tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Vinnie Vincent. Postponed um, Rocktoberfest, which was to. No, it conflicted with um, the event that is being put on by Neil Yeah. So one is obviously bigger and has way more draw than the other and would probably take mm-hmm. away people from attending Vinny. So he's putting it off until, uh, February of 2024, you know, cause after October is obviously the holiday season, which is a bad time for anyone in a high inflation economy. So, um, I, I don't think it's surprising, you know, for however people want to bash Vinny Vincent for whatever reasons that they have to dislike him or not. Um, He has still followed through with all of those private events that he has put on in Nashville. They have taken place. And if they're for you, they're for you. And if they're not for you, fine and dandy. But uh, I don't think anyone's surprised by that postponement because it just wouldn't make sense to have, you know, taking away the possibility of people being able to attend when Ace is going to be performing in Florida, and Bruce will be doing all of the live three, apparently. And there'll be acoustic stuff as well. Who knows what else Neil Davis will put together by the time that happens, because if anyone went to Creatures Fest, they sure put on a heck of a lot of stuff for that event. So... um, Moving on into other topics is um, a a tweet. or It started on Facebook, actually, and it is, is, of course, someone not connected with the band posting... That um, the band are currently put a halt to all archival releases while they renegotiate whatever that means. And then some other people who are known to kind of associate in those orbits kind of confirmed it. You know, what do you think about that, Lonnie? That, you know, a power play is going on and it's putting projects at risk uh, or has killed projects?
3: Well, I kind of figured something was going on because. It seemed like we had gotten into a rhythm of these off the soundboards. At least it seemed like once a quarter we'd get an off the soundboard. It seemed by like this time that's very true. Um, it seemed like this time last year we uh were hearing at least rumblings of the creatures box set. Um, that Gene had quote unquote leaked it, you know, whether it was on purpose or not. But we knew things like that were we knew that was coming. We we were getting some regular type releases and all of a sudden there's a line in the sand and it stopped, it stopped cold right after that last um, off the soundboard with Mark St. John. So I don't know. I, I, it's interesting what's going on. Is it ultimately going to be a good thing for KISS fans? Is it ultimately going to be a bad thing for KISS fans? Um, time will tell, I guess. But, you know, I, I hopefully it's a good thing. But I think that 50-year that rule um, comment may be in play here so time will tell i guess yeah
0: and i think in europe the wicked lester stuff has already fallen uh, victim to it i don't know how it works in that some of it was officially released on the box set but those were all the 2000 remasters of the wicked lester album so i don't know whether that apply I, I'm, I'm just not uh, well versed enough in terms of how it all fits together um I always get pissed off that it's like, why did you have to say that? It just brings an optic to something that doesn't necessarily need to be discussed, but there were people on the FAQ who had spreadsheets, but they announced it on this day and released it on this. So it's been 49 days between that release. So we're overdue for an announcement for another release. (laughs) uh Wow. well, yeah, has that kind of schedule. We have That's had real. guys on the FAQ who have dra- counted the number of cymbal hits in a song to compare mm. the drummers. So, you know, oh, wow. there are some pretty hardcore dedicated lunatics. And I'm kind <laughs> of one of them because of what I do. Mark, what do you think about that from the business perspective? Um,
2: I think it's interesting. Um, like Lonnie said, that they, they were in a kind of interesting rhythm as far as releasing stuff. Uh, you could kind of almost. You know, depend on something being released every couple of months, and you know people were excited about it. Uh, but I'm not surprised by this. You know, as they draw near to the end of the end of the road here, you know, I have a feeling that they want to cash out completely out of this. Totally, I, I mean, if they can do it, they will. I, th- I think they just want to, you know, get as much money and run and get the hell out of there. You know, I think they're done with Kiss. You know. And what better way to be done than to sell your name off and everything off to somebody else, you know? The only thing that I'm concerned about with this is who they're going to do it to because, you know, we know how we know how reliable KISS are for making great decisions with things, you know? So hopefully they'll make a good decision and maybe sell off something to a longtime fan who has a lot of money because we know they're out there. I mean, if you're willing to pay, you know, thousands of dollars for a greatest kiss album, then there's people who have money to burn out there. Okay. So maybe there's somebody out there who has a lot of, a lot of money and a a business person, you know, who has, you know, wealth who might be willing to take it over. And if somebody like that takes it over, then I could see maybe things continuing in a good way. But if it it gets into the hands of a record label, you you know, what's going to happen. What what do you think that the priority of Kiss on a on a major record label was always like way down here? If they take it over into a major label, they're gonna be way in the back burner. We'll get something like once every three years at that point from Kiss, I think. So I think it depends on who takes it over and how how it plays out, you know.
0: And what they're selling. I mean, is it the, is it the brand? Is it the image rights, which is where the money is because it sure as shit isn't with the music. I wouldn't think because, um, record sales and kiss catalog is very obviously not on a par with what we would hope it was, you know? So the legend doesn't live up, um, to reality, um, Rob Benjamin Music, I I do want, I just did get your email when we were uh, starting the show. So he has a video coming out, the uh, Kiss Hot in the Shade retrospective by Rob Benjamin Music tomorrow. I will post that link up on the FAQ. Um, Ken, I mean, does it take a big corporation, a a multimedia corporation, to buy Kiss's rights? um, If that is the case, someone, you know, people have thrown around. Disney, but I don't think Disney yeah.
1: uh, would have any interest <laughs> Disney, in Marvel. Marvel, Marvel. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool if Marvel or did something, or you know, Disney did something and did something with Kiss, at least you know, film-wise or something like that. But uh, they're not really known for you know, music bands or something like that. So um, I, I think it's just a matter of Kiss or Gene and Paul that is trying to get as much money as they can out of whatever it is right now. Um, uh, hopefully it helps um, in some way uh, that, you know, keep the music coming out um, and maybe it will be universal still. Um, it, it's just a negotiation maybe um, of how much they, they're going to get um, from them versus with whatever they're getting now. Um, and the only other thing I thought of is maybe what if they trying to buy back their their whole you know catalog of music? Um, mm. Is that possible? I, I don't know. know. Yeah, Them they probably spending money? Pay, No, because they like it for free, right? Uh, but they sold it off once, so they buy it back. But uh, it would be a hefty amount of money, I, I would suppose that. You know, would be good. Uh, so. I'm just hoping this, whatever it is, they come to a good deal and it doesn't affect the actual flow of music, such as box sets. Because um, I was hoping for another box set this year. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Um, and maybe it's all happening before the, you know, the first Kiss album 50th anniversary. So maybe that'll happen next year if this all works out somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, to a degree, it worries me. That this deal could screw up a lot of things as far as, you know, mused more music releases and, and releases that have, you know, we've gotten these extra uh, demos and, and things that were, you know, unreleased in the last couple of years. And I hope that does not stop whatever the deal is.
0: Yeah, so publishing, recording, uh, all separate things as to who owns what and who has a piece of it, it becomes very complex. My understanding, and this is from the contracts, is that Universal controls a lot of the music that was recorded during the terms of those contracts. So that's why you don't see a lot of B-sides or additional material recorded for albums. It was actually defined as 9 to 11 songs, uh, you know, from 1980 onwards. Uh, But also there was a a certain amount of sides that had to be recorded in a year for earlier contracts. So you don't have a ton of extra stuff being thrown away. You know, they were very lean. There could be alternative versions, which we saw for the Creatures box set and the Destroyer box set. All those alts. Were under mm-hmm. the control of Universal. Now, what does Universal not have? Well, they can't release stuff that they don't have. And as I know from sending something to them uh, at Iron Mountain, they don't have everything in their vaults. Um, so, what do they have control of? And why is Paul Stanley suddenly finding 1971 Wicked Lester recordings and posting right. them on Twitter? You know, yeah. because that is pre-contract. Even the 73 demos were accounted for in a transfer of usage. Um, And again, I don't have all the contracts in front of me, nor the brain um, and the music business law to go, go through it. So I would think that universal only controls what they have access to in their vault. And they have to have the permission of the artist to release.
2: Now, didn't I don't, I'm pretty sure I remember reading somewhere too. Maybe you can correct me on this, Julian, but didn't kiss at one point when they were in monetary trouble, I remember reading somewhere that they sold their publishing rights to a Japanese company at one point, a huge amount they got for yeah. it too.
0: Yeah. And like many artists, they've been terminating the copyright um, or, or those agreements because they've hit, I think the 30 year mark or 40 year whatever. There's some legal stuff. Again, it's whether it's mechanical, whether it's publishing, yeah. I'm not smart enough to understand that, nor do I want to get into that, but they have been terminating and reclaiming control of a lot of the catalog over the past, um yeah, I think, I think we're coming up to a decade now since those laws have been available. But you know, that's for that's that's for more. my graphical marketing podcast to really go into the nuts and bolts of it because they understand it better than me. And you know, none of us are on on that side of it. So it's I, it's it's a very complex situation.
1: I just want to say I just don't want I know Mark's suggestion of some some rich businessman, but if it's the wrong rich businessman. That's a, a kiss fan. I
2: mean, that's a hoarder. That's a hoarder.
1: Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's. you know, you know of kiss hoarders that uh, could I Elon need, Musk enjoy, buy it? I mean, that I mean, do you, not yeah, want you to just, release You just material. need a very
0: dumb rich person like Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> $40 billion for Twitter and drive it into the ground because, uh, again, yeah. the licensing makes money without a doubt because that has just been easy money. You are licensing a image and slapping it on your product, and they get paid up front and it's all large money. Anything of royalties is slow trickle. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it's two different sorts of revenue streams. The image mm-hmm. is everything. So you know, I hope someone like Elon Musk doesn't buy it because the image has had enough damage done to it by the current owners in some ways. It's the new you know, face of
1: Twitter. Yeah.
0: It, it needs to Whatever. well, my opinion is that it needs to be treated lovingly you know where all the material and that includes paul and gene's pre-stuff hopefully would be bundled in and included in it so that it could be archived properly released properly monetized properly um and a lot of that stuff Do you think paul's made copies of those reels i certainly hope not though i did hear of someone who heard the acoustic reel from wicked lester um Mm. And I just have images of Paul putting it on a reel-to-reel player. let say, listen, listen to this. There's the oxide falling down yeah. and uh, falls apart. A, a disruption in the
3: forest. So yeah. Elon could buy, could buy the rights to kiss and then change the name.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, so it, it's interesting. Again, the, the people who are commenting on, I don't know if, how connected they are in the industry. I don't know nothing. I don't want to know nothing on the business side. It's uh, too headache-inducing. Just, uh, you know, off the soundboards were really cool. And and now Aerosmith clearly has live from the soundboard. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to start doing that as well. I think archival releases while I'm still alive would be very enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> once I'm Absolutely. dead I don't give a shit and we're all yeah. at that age I, there's barely a week that goes by when I don't see someone suffering a loss of someone in our age group which is just staggeringly sad um, so from a selfish point of view while we're still here it'd be nice to be able to enjoy some of the stuff that is mm-hmm. you know we got a taste of it on Creatures those Saint and Sinner work tapes yeah Really freaking cool. What else do they have? All right, let's move into, oh, yeah, 20 years ago. What was happening? World domination. World
2: domination tour. Yeah,
0: so an opportunity for Julian to talk more about Aerosmith. You know, looking, looking back at that tour, how do you remember it? Was it a high point, a low point? You know, 20 years. Aerosmith's just put out a few songs from one of their shows, so it's clear that shows were archived. You know, would you like an off-the-soundboard world domination? You know, that would fit on one mm-hmm. CD. Can yeah,
1: yeah, I wouldn't mind it.
0: Um, world domination, weird, a weird-ass lineup, right? Very unique. Yeah,
1: I did not, I did not see them. Um, yeah, that was one of the few times I did not go.
2: You're not a real Kiss fan. Oh, you You're not, cut that Kiss army
1: thing. It everywhere. was a blasphemy. Uh, uh, why do you hate Tommy Thayer? No, yeah. I do. <laughs> it's not a rock donation. nation, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know opening for Aerosmith. Um, that was to me was blasphemy. I was not going to. It's Kiss cannot open for anybody. Forget it. I'm not going. Um, it was just one of those times. I, I just didn't feel the need. It's probably a, it could have been one of my lowest points of being a KISS fan around that time, probably. <clears throat> Throughout all the years, it's probably one of the lowest points where I, I was kind of losing a little bit of interest. Um,
2: wow. You?
1: Yeah. yeah, a little bit. You yeah.
2: were losing interest, Mr. Yeah. Team G a little bit. There.
1: Didn't, didn't, you know, jump off fully, but, uh, I you know, I, I didn't go see them. Shame on you, Ken. Shame on me for that. Mm, yeah. Well, I made up for it.
2: I didn't go see it either, to be honest.
1: Oh, but, okay. So, this is a, great,
2: discu-
3: Ooh, this is hey. a great discussion.
2: <laughs> but I that mean, guy. you know, but at that, but at that point, I mean, you know, I I was doing other things, and I was you know involved in other things, and I knew that Kiss were out and about doing things. But to be honest with you, I, I find that that was one of the more interesting lineups with Kiss, with having Peter back and having Tommy in there, uh, mm-hmm. and actually in my I don't have a very vast bootleg video collection, but of the stuff that I do have, uh, I I like very much. One of the shows that I do have is I have a Madison Square Garden show of the the world domination tour with those guys. And I thought that was a really, really good show. It's it's probably one of my more watched ones that I, that I have in my video collection. I thought it was really good. I thought that, uh, you know, Peter did a good job and, it was one of my better version, one of the better versions of a Black Diamond that I saw them do for for a while there. Uh, I thought it was really good, you know. But I can see what Peter was talking about when he was complaining about all the smoke and all that, you know, at that time. So, but yeah, I mean, I didn't go and see it. Like I said, I was busy with other things at the time. But you know, if if I could go back, you know, in time, then maybe I would go check it out because it was a it, it is an interesting lineup and. They seem to be... I, I think, you know what, Ken, you know you said you don't, you don't. You didn't want to go because they were opening for Aerosmith. You know what? I would have almost rather go see KISS in that capacity for one reason. Because they have something to prove then. Because they're now bumped down mm-hmm. out of the, the headliner spot because they're so used to, you know, we're the top guys. And then Aerosmith's like, no, 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 you're not the top guys. We are. You know? And then they're going to go out there and say, oh yeah, we're going to show you how it's done. You know? And then Paul goes out there and you know, starts flashing around a bit more, and P- Peter does his best performances, and then the next thing you know, you have a great show, which they, had, which I think they did.
0: Yeah, so it was kind of a love hate thing for me. I was miserable that we were going to get two shortened sets from two bands that I love. <clears throat> clearly, I, clearly, I love both bands. I, I don't need to even prove it. Um, it is the first time I met Peter Chris. So I have extremely fond memories of doing the meet and greet um, and just hanging with Peter because everyone else is flocking around Gene and Paul. Um, (laughs) You know, and just I had a really cool interaction with Peter, which really set the tone for everything that I've thought about him since. And every single interaction with him since has been the same in terms of that is Peter Chris. He's been the same in makeup out of makeup backstage um at a uh, the the events you know even earlier this year Saint peter just really humble and thankful and i know not everyone's had that same interaction but my, every single one of mine has been a guy who is totally appreciative of the audience and the shorter sets again i i got to see some of a pro shot of kiss um you know, during that tour, they need to get that sort of material out. It would be really cool. There's just, again, it's kind of a forgotten tour. I listened to, I think, uh, Jones Beach the most, um, and it's got some windy night on one of the nights uh, for that show. Lonnie, World Domination, Did you? Yeah, where did yeah. you see them in the world?
3: I saw them here in St. Louis. Um, it was a day later than it was supposed to be. Part of the tour got pushed back because of a Power outage in the Midwest. Hmm. Um, so it was originally supposed to be on a Saturday night, and it was on a Sunday night. Um, it really dates this story. That this is embarrassing. I shouldn't even tell this. Oh, dude, oh, come
0: on, spill it. Embarrass yourself.
3: <laughs> is that I was? This is in a previous life of mine. I was. I was married, um, and I we got up like at six a.m. that morning, and this, the Rams still played in St. Louis at the time. And we put on Rams jerseys, painted our faces, and went to the Rams game in our kiss makeup, in our Rams jerseys. And then, from there, went to the show that we took off our Rams jerseys, put on our kiss shirts, and went to the show that night. It was a long ass freaking day. Um, I but, so. it, but I mean, that's a cool story though that we went to the game in the in the makeup and everything like that. Um, It it was very unique and very different. Um, And I kind of had the opposite reaction that Ken did. I was so excited that they were touring (laughs) and that they were back. Because I saw them on the Farewell Tour three years prior. 2001, you know, they, they play Australia and it's kind of go out with a fizzle and that's kind of about it. And we spent the next year and a half or so just wondering what the hell is going on. And then all of a sudden they're doing symphony, and then all of a sudden we're touring America with Aerosmith. I didn't care that they were opening for Aerosmith, because and they were it was opening for Aerosmith that they were back, and I was going to get the opportunity to see them again, where I thought I had said goodbye to them, and all of a sudden they were back. Um, I was disappointed that it was Tommy. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I was disappointed it was Tommy. I was, was really hoping for the all four, and that's probably why one of the bigger reasons why Ken didn't go—that you know—it's well, what what's going on here? This is kind of strange, but the fact that I got to see them again, I was so excited. I mean, I was like counting the days, really, to see them. Um, I was at a um, I, I I liked I liked that show. I wish I had a copy. I wish I had a like copy of that show from St. Louis. It was it was a fun show. It was good. Um, they blew. I mean. And Julian, I know you're an Aerosmith guy, and I like Aerosmith too, but like a lot of people say, they blew Aerosmith off the stage on that tour. It's similar to the way Motley Crue kind of blew Kiss off the stage in, in 2012. Um, but it was great.
0: I loved it. I was totally on board with it. Um, like Kiss was back. It was great. Yeah. I mean, come on. We didn't know what the hell was going on in 2002 with Kiss, whether it was the end or whether, you know, they were going to continue. I mean, we all kind of figured, oh, you're drinking a yingling. Just to rub your nose in it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. So we didn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, it, it, It's one of those really weird periods in history where you just, the band didn't seem to have any focus. Um, here's a cool topic from the board. And you've had no time to prep for this one, so it's going to be off the cuff. What is your favorite KISS love song? So that's a song with the top, and this is Black Diamond on the board. Thank you for the topic. Um, and what they say is, so it's time to find out what is the best love song from Kiss. You can, well, you can't choose three. Ah, yeah, go ahead and choose it if you want, because then you won't have any ties, Ken. Um, you know, so it's just <laughs> yeah. got to have, it's just got to have love in the title. What, what would be your? We we'll have to love love in the title. Gotta, yeah, gotta have, you know. So nothing can keep me from you is. Out of the running already, as is don't touch my ascot. What a shame! World Denomination okay. Tour, yeah. No, they did not make it to Wales, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go first. Making love, hmm. I stole your love, and come on and love me would be my mm. three picks. <laughs> Ken,
1: love songs, love. <laughs>
0: Just got to have love in the title. Come on. It's like half the catalog.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. There's lots of songs.
1: <laughs> sure. Okay. Let's see. Um, how about... Uh, all Night
0: em. does not have love in the title.
1: No. Love Them <laughs> and Leave Them. A Jean mm. song. And how about... Uh, They're all going to be Gene songs. Of course. I think that's uh, not
0: the only one with love that he...
1: Got Love for Sale. Oh, no. There's another one. There you go. Oh, hey, and there's ready? one more. Tunnel of Love.
0: Oh, uh, That's on a solo album. That doesn't count.
1: Oh, it doesn't count? Oh, oh, no. oh okay. Uh, let's see. Get back uh, to rock
0: and roll over. You know you want to.
1: Oh. Come on.
0: It's so easy. Come on.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come I'm on, not, Ken.
3: I'm not. Ken, I've been disappointed in you in the past. Absolutely, I, I have on many occasions. At- no, you i, need I
2: never to see listen so it. You're not the only All one. All right, ever
1: calling back love. Hey, I love it. it. I was gonna try to throw in an ace one if I could this does ace have me. Well, ace. I'm actually
0: surprised. Opal Archive wins the one that Ken should have picked. <laughs> because I'm, I'm very disappointed, Ken.
1: Fitz like a glove d oh, Love. Daniel would have done that. Yeah, Mark, alright
2: Well, n- number one immediately that comes to mind is Love Gun, I've always loved that song from the very first time I heard it so that, that's definitely one of them and Calling Dr. Love is a favorite of mine as well so that's definitely number two and I Stole Your Love that's one of my favorites as well so, so those three would definitely be my top three
0: You did a cover of uh, I Stole Your Love, didn't you?
2: Mm, no that's the, I didn't do one of that, no
0: no? Didn't one no. of your earlier bands?
2: Mm, no. No, I don't think we ever did that. Well,
0: do a cover of I Stole Your Love, then. There you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe right. we should do
2: it this time, yeah. <laughs>
3: all right. Lottie. Well, I'm going to go Come On and Love Me. It's a great picture. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm going to go Love Her All I Can. Mm-hmm. And how can I not say Tough Love? Thank you, Austin. Yes!
1: <laughs> not Love Theme from Kiss.
3: Austin's my boy.
0: <laughs> so, just looking at the F, uh, at the FAQ message uh, thread, Paul, uh, love theme from Kiss is not winning. I stole your love. It's like a long it. it It's so far ahead. It's, not, it's got like twenty six percent of the votes. Uh, Come on and love me is in second place, and right now there's a very nearly a tie between Love Where All I Can and Love Gun, and. Yeah. Tough Love has one. Now two with Lonnie. Two. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Three. Awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, did any of you get the Rock Machine Company? That's uh, obviously the Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley Band guys album when it came out. Mm. They had a couple of singles out. Lonnie, have you picked that up yet? I have not. I cannot say
1: Shame on up. you. Ken? Sorry. I haven't picked it up but I've listened to a number of things from it. Uh, that sounds really good. It's so. a very
0: summer album, very, just, you know, very throwback. It's got a lot it's, of influences. You can feel it. the
1: influences on that. Uh, a lot of different classic rock bands, uh, influences on that. You can you can hear it in the music, definitely.
0: Yeah, nicely produced, well crafted. I think it was produced by Marty Fredrickson. So, yeah. uh, you know, obviously quality name there. Mark, checked out any of it?
2: No, I haven't, but I, I do plan to check it out. I mean, I... I just haven't had a chance yet to check it out.
0: Yeah. So, stolen riffs is mm-hmm. another topic that's going on. <laughs> have there been any songs that have come out over the years that you've just immediately turned around and said, "You stole that." that Haller, hallelujah. Such, that is such a ripoff. Hallelujah. Hallede- What's that a ripoff of?
2: Burn Deep purple.
0: Well, you, you got to say what you think. Like jungle is another deep purple lift, isn't it? You, know, <laughs> you fool yeah. no one. You know? So dreaming 18. I never, I can never, ever hear that connection. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It's
2: just that turnaround that they do in the, It, 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 it I, I was always surprised when I heard that, that they got sued for that because I'm like you, Julian. When I listened to it the first time, I, when I, when they, when I came up, I was like, okay, let me listen to this real closely and, I don't hear eighteen at all in there. What I just hear is that little chord just turnaround. Little like, is like how it starts with a dan, yeah. dan, 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 dan. They do a little run up there. Mm-hmm. They do a run up like that in the song, but it's not even the same chords. It's not even the same thing. Like, so There's what? Now you gonna sue if you have similar, like you know, chord changes? This is ridiculous. Yeah. It was like
1: the... two plus two. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one from uh, Sonic Boom, right? With the or was it something? Was it, it's like poison. Um, yeah, never enough. Poison. Never enough. No. Yeah, yeah. That was another one out there. Uh, then there's the thing where that uh, Bruce Springsteen, you know, stole "I Was Made for Loving You." You know that one song. Supposedly, if you listen to that one, I can't remember the name of the Bruce Springsteen song, but uh, it came after After Kiss, so.
0: Yeah, and then tomorrow's a lift of uh what was it, the Joe Walsh song.
1: Was it Tomorrow or Shandy?
0: Or was it Shandy was a lift of so
1: I, I can't remember? I mean, Shandy can't remember the lifted the, Joe all, Walsh. All I shit. think. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean it goes back to, you know, not not about KISS but other bands, you know, when George Harrison, right, did uh you My know My Sweet Lord my sweet Lord. And it's like, he's so fine in that one. Um, so it's like, uh, yeah, that was pretty close. <laughs> that one was pretty darn close.
0: Yeah. What's the one I'm, I'm thinking of. Well, love gun, which, well, is it because it's got the hunter in it, which is all blues, um, you know, which Zeppelin had done. So <laughs> that, that one's pretty obvious, but again, it's influences coming through. And that's a problem now with how everything gets sued, Um, whereas influences are what make music, that you take a riff. I mean, how many times, uh, Mark, you sit around playing, just jamming sometimes. you You get into a groove on someone else's riff, and then you start twisting it around and transforming it. You know, I mean, that's what I do for my stuff. I'm just sitting there with a guitar. I'm playing a riff. I maybe look up a tab to see how to play a kiss song because I generally don't play any kiss songs. Um, And I hear the riff and then I, I start twisting it and I I take it to somewhere where I want to go.
2: Actually, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've made it a rule for the last eight years now that before I start working on a record, I don't listen to, any records like I don't want to listen to anything and a lot of that because a lot of times you can fall into a trap you know you're listening to whatever like a you know a, a Zeppelin record or listening to Deep Purple record you're listening to whatever anything Metallica you start playing something on your guitar and then all of a sudden you change a note or two around and you think you have a new riff and really do you You know I mean you're, you're just kind of like modifying something else so what I what I found that works good for me is I sometimes start writing songs using a different instrument. Like I'll come up with a drum beat first, you know, and if I come up with a decent drum beat that I like, then I'll try to write a guitar part around that, or I'll do something on a bass guitar first, which is more, you know, I find a little bit easier for me to kind of stay away from another riff doing that because it's not really my first instrument. But I can see how how that happens because like you said, if you're jamming, you know, you're playing a Kiss song and all of a sudden, you know, you stumble onto something else, you add a little couple of notes to it, all of a sudden you think you have a new riff, so it is easy to fall into that.
0: Yeah, it happened to me the other day. I was just, like, coming up with a really cool little pattern, and uh, by the end of it, I realized that someone had already written beat it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're like, this is pretty good. Yeah, this, this has potential. This is Gene, great.
1: <laughs> Gene has ripped off himself, you know.
0: yeah i mean uh cecil or cecil um where was that comment because yeah it was it was an earlier comment uh there now um hello hello hallelujah Uh, no no it's rodrigo thank you um Heller Hallelujah rips off. I Stole your love, and I Stole your love was based on Burn Paul. There you, you go. know, so it's all cyclical. I mean, well, you know. and C- Cecil talks about she was
3: taken from the Doors, when then Pearl Jam took it um, as well.
0: Yeah, the solo
3: and the solo and she's in you know, Pearl Jam.
0: Song. Yeah, got to ch- uh, I mean, got to choose was totally Paul twisting someone else's riff. Um, you know, again, that's the great <laughs> thing about music, is that idea i don't know how mark can even say i don't listen to anything before going and writing an album when all that stuff's already in your sponge you know from a lifetime of listening to music and that's why these copyright cases you know they win because if you were alive when that song was originally released you're screwed because there's no way that you can prove that you didn't hear it and be influenced by it right
2: yeah but I mean but, but but it is different though when you when you pull out a record and you've been listening to it all day and then you go and start working on music I mean obviously there are songs that are still stuck in my head, but I think that you're more influenced by music when you're like sit down and seriously listen to it. like if I take like let's say I take this and go into my car now and in the next five days, <clears throat> I listen to this album nonstop and I go into my studio now and pick up my guitar and start working on something. I could fall into that risk that I might find something similar to that in my writing, which is something I try to steer away from. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> one last, uh, Lonnie, did I get to you? You did. You're good. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I've got one. I got to end early tonight cause I have to go back to work and do stuff. Um, let's end on, unless any of you brought a topic and you bring a topic. I did not bring a topic. Uh, What? All right, here's one. Would anyone want to hear Dynasty remixed? Mm -hmm. My first kind of response to that was why? Um, My second response was Destroyer Resurrected hasn't had many spins in this household lately. Mark, would you want to hear Dynasty remixed?
2: Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) That album to me is absolutely perfect the way it is. And I've said it many times before. I'm sure people are going to roll their eyes when they hear me say this again. But to me, when I put the headphones on and listen to that album, I just see New York City, Manhattan. That that has such a New York vibe, that record. I would, I'd be afraid that if somebody went in there and tried to, you know, crunch up the guitars or, you know, get take down some of the keyboards. or that It would t- just take away the vibe of that album. Uh, I think it sounds really good the way it is. I mean, if there's if there's any album that should be up for discussion for remixing, it's more unmasked than Dynasty. I would say.
3: Wow, I actually agree with you, Lonnie. <laughs> would I want to hear it remixed? Sure, I'll take it. I'll I'll hear it remixed again. You know, I was anxious for Destroyer Resurrected. Has it had it a whole lot of listens afterwards? Not really, but would I like to hear it? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'd like to hear what, what could be done to it. doesn't mean that I'm going to fall in love with it because that original version of Dynasty will always be my go-to, just like Destroyer. Some people like Destroyer Resurrected. Um, we've discussed it on this panel, and we're not one of those. I don't think any of the four of us are one of those people, but some people do like it. But Would I like to hear it? Sure. Let's see
0: what can be done. Yeah, I think it, the comments seem nearly universal on uh, Unmasked before Dynasty, though, whereas Grego mm-hmm. wants uh, yeah. to hear the bigger drums. And Austin wouldn't mind hearing Anton's Dynasty drum triads.
1: Ken, hmm. would, you re- would you remix it? I, you can remix any of their albums, in my opinion. Actually, I'd like to have The Elder remixed. Um uh, I would like to hear that differently. Um, of course, I mean everyone's talked about hotter than hell, and I don't know if this depends on how it was originally mixed in the first place, but uh, that one's always been one where, you know, can we clean that up a bit and uh, make it a little bit less, you know, muddy, uh, you know. Uh, but who knows? Um, I'm I'm okay with anything being mixed just to see a difference you know um there are some that i think need to be remixed in my opinion but there's other ones you probably shouldn't touch
0: yeah i think the flawed albums in history that need remixing metallica black um black uh, not black album that's a piece of not shit. Black. Um, and justice for all without the bass Mm-hmm. And there, there were some mixes done with a bass. And I can't remember whether it was a musician who was interpreting what was played uh, yeah. by, by Jason during the tour and then mixing it in. Um, I've not been able to, that, I've never kept that in my rotation anymore. I go back to the Blackout um, and Justice for All. New Secret love the blackout it is the album that i had on rotation just continuously and so it it feels comfortable it's comfortable pair of shoes to wear on my ears mm-hmm. um i wouldn't say same, same with death magnetic which was atrociously uh mastered mm-hmm. you know yeah. where the the mix is less the problem than the mastering the same issue goes for sonic boom and Mm. Monster, I would Monster. much rather those be taken back and be completely <laughs> remixed and Jeez. remastered um, so that they could be listened to properly. Because I'm not yeah. so used to those. It's not so ingrained in the brain that I don't think I would enjoy those. Who knows? I would might go back to the ones that, again. I don't want to hear Dynasty Remix. Dynasty is so etched in my brain as something that I've enjoyed sonically from the first time I ever heard it. So I can't think yeah. of how I, I would possibly enjoy that more um, by fucking around with it any more than the same applies now to hotter than hell for me. And I've said it before, but I am just so used to that sound that that is its fingerprint. That is its character. That is a pimple on it. And it it just is, you know, it's like a chip statue. It's like, why, why repair it? You know, it's absolutely glorious in it's imperfection. and And,
2: And a lot of, and a lot of things that, one of the things that people seem to forget about this too, is that, how the album was recorded is also an important thing to think about, too, because if they went and recorded, let's say, you know, the guitars on Hotter and Hell were recorded purposefully muddy, like maybe the mic was off a bit or they, they added a lot of low end to the to the sound because they were looking for something specific at that point. You can only do so much even when you remix it. Sure, you can do a lot more remixing than you can remastering. remaster I don't know why people always think remastering is the answer. Remastering is just a very minor thing to it. If you want to do major change to a sound, you have to get the tapes, get the original multi-tracks, and go through there and redo the whole thing. That's the only way you're going to get it to do it. And even Bob Ezrin, my good friend there, said that when they did the uh, Destroyer, that he could, he could only do so much because... His own way of recording stuff was that he would comp stuff down. Like he would put you know, rhythm guitar tracks. You know, If there were multiple guitars for rhythm tracks, he would bounce it down to two tracks in stereo, and you could, you could only deal with those. And the same with the drums. He would bounce it down to less tracks instead of like eight drum tracks. It would be down to four, so you could only maybe work on the kick drum and the snare, and that's it, and the rest of it is in stereo. Right, which which is interesting. If you look at a lot of these Aerosmith bootlegs, not bootlegs, the reissues that came out, when you open the booklets, they have their track listing uh, sheets on there. And a lot of those early Aerosmith albums, they only had a kick drum and then stereo left right for the rest of the drum kit. So really, when they're mixing that, they can only just work on the kick drum, and then the rest of it was spread over a stereo track. And they just EQ'd the rest of it like that. So they couldn't go and say, okay, this tom has to go higher and this this section has to go lower. They can't can't do that, right? So it all depends on how you record it, too.
0: Yep. When you look at a KISS, you know, 83 multi-track, 11 tracks on that 24 um, track tape are Mm -hmm. Eric. You know, all your drum mics, your ambient room, um, Mm -hmm. shitload. You know, for, yeah. for for just drums. And when you blend all that together, that's where you get his bombastic sound. But, again, for remastering, um, your best example in the Kiss catalog, I think, is probably Creatures. Listen to the 82 mix and then go and yeah. to that 85. Is mm-hmm. that's where, you know, people, only one song was remixed for the 85, Creatures. And the other ones are all because of EQ being fiddled and mastering. All right. So th- that was your science lesson badly explained um i don't i don't think it's necessary for dynasty all right that's it for a bunch of board topics i want to thank everyone for joining live and chiming with your comments and thoughts during this episode um it makes it much more fun just doing these lives so that there can be some audience participation but for now i got to get ready for work so from bonnie (laughs) back to work mark and myself thanks for joining us we'll see you next time thank you for spending time listening to the kiss faq podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like look us up on facebook or come over to the kiss faq message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today don't forget to rate us on itunes spreaker or wherever you've listened to the show we hope you'll join us again